If you turn with me to Psalm chapter 122, if you would please, Psalm 122. Today is a, is a special day, and I hope that you will come at the end of the service. We're going to have a, a time of prayer, and I want you to take as many of these Bibles as you'll give out this week. Maybe even during the message today, you'll be asking the Lord to put people across your mind today that you'll then make a, an effort this week to, to meet them, introduce them to Christ, give them the gospel message, the saving message of, that only comes through Christ. And so bear with me this morning <clears throat> as I begin this message, what might appear to be in a totally different place. But as we bring it back together, I hope that you'll see the importance of this and that the Lord will work. In Psalm 122 and verse number six, the Bible says, pray for the peace of Jerusalem. They shall prosper that love thee. Peace be within thy walls and prosperity within thy palaces. Let me, let me read that again. So the psalmist is writing here, David is writing, pray for the peace of Jerusalem that shall prosper. They, that, uh, they shall prosper that love thee. Peace be within thy walls. Prosperity within thy palaces. In church, we have witnessed over these last couple weeks the fulfillment of Bible prophecy. It's being fulfilled right before us. Anytime something is happening in Jerusalem, the church ought to be excited. Whenever we see events unfolding in Jerusalem, you mark it down, it probably points back to prophecy that's being fulfilled. In May 14th, this month, 73 years ago, 1948, the nation of Israel was reborn. Prophecy, prophecy was fulfilled. The, the mighty hand of God began to gather his people from around all the, the, the nations of this world. In Israel, Israel was reborn. In Israel today lives only because of the might and the majesty and the strength of an almighty God. There's been times throughout history that if you would see the nation of Israel, the people of Israel, you would have thought the people of Israel were done. You would have looked in, 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 in uh, uh, the Old Testament when Israel was under the bondage of Egypt and Egypt thought that they had control of Israel. A couple weeks ago, I, I preached a message about Moses and, and at that time, the Egyptians were killing baby boys that were Israeli baby boys, Jews, because they did not want them to become more powerful and take over Egypt. And so they thought that they could, they could have victory over Israel, but God showed them that God, his hand is upon his chosen people and God brought them out from Egypt. It was the Egyptians that were killed there in, in uh, the Red Sea, but it was the people of Israel that walked over on dry ground. Even as recent as World War II, when it seemed, it seemed where millions upon millions of Jews were being slaughtered and killed for simply being Jews. It seemed hopeless for those people. 
But in 1948, God gathered his people together and they became a nation. Israel was reborn. Why was the rebirth of Israel the most important Bible event since the resurrection of Jesus Christ? And the reason why is this, if the Jewish people were not restored to their land that God had given to them in the Old Testament, then the truth of the Bible and the message that the prophets preached in the Old Testament could, could be questioned and would be in great doubt. The reason why prophecy being fulfilled is so important is it shows us the truth of the Bible. 3,000 years ago, Ezekiel and the prophets prophesied of Israel becoming a nation again. If we can't trust the Bible when it relates to prophecy, then we can't trust the Bible when it relates to anything. But every single event that the Bible has prophesied has been true. Every single event that the Bible is prophesying about is going to be true. And how do we know this? Because we study the word of God and realize when the word of God prophesies or says something, it always comes true. I want you to go with me to the book of Genesis, if you would, please. We're going to be in a, a couple different scriptures here today, so if you'll follow along with me. Genesis chapter number 17. In Genesis chapter number 17, verse number 5, the Bible says, Neither shall thy name any more be called Abram, but thy name shall be Abraham, for a father of many nations have I made thee. And I will make thee exceeding fruitful and make nations of thee and kings shall come out of thee. And I will establish my covenant between me and thee, thy seed after thee and their generation for an everlasting covenant to be a God unto thee and to thy seed after thee. And look with me, follow along with me in verse number eight. And I will give unto thee and to thy seed after thee the land wherein thou art a stranger all the land of Canaan for an everlasting possession, then I will be their God. God, the one who owns the earth, God, the creator of this earth, has the right to do with the earth as he chooses. And God chose and made a covenant with Abraham in Genesis 17 and said, this land I will give to thee as an inheritance. And there's something about this that I want us to see, and that is this, that inheritance is an everlasting possession. That everlasting means everlasting. That everlasting means forever. And so in the year 2021, guess what? God's covenant is still true with the people of Israel. God never breaks his word. This covenant that God made with Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and all of their descendants, everlasting, is forever. The Jewish people do not occupy the land of Israel. They own the land of Israel. How do we know this? Because God's covenant says the creator, the one that created this land, is giving this land to Israel. You can't occupy what you own. You own God Almighty who owns it. God who created this land has given this to Israel. Go with me to the book of Ezekiel, if you would, please. Ezekiel 36. Ezekiel 36. Some of you are saying, what does Israel have to do with Gospel Sunday? Bear with me this morning. 
Ezekiel 36, verse number 17. Son of man, the house of Israel dwelt in their own land. They defiled it by their own way and by their doings. Their way was before me as an uncleanliness of a removed woman. Wherefore I poured my fury upon them for the blood that they had shed upon the land and for their idols wherewith they had polluted it. And I scattered them among the heathen. They were dispersed through the, the countries according to their way and according to their doings. I judged them. And when they entered into the heaven, the heathen, whither they went, they profaned my holy name. And they said to them, those are the people of the Lord and are gone forth out of the land. This is Ezekiel. He is telling, he's telling the story of Israel rebelling against God. God gives Israel the land through Joshua. He brings the Israelites into this land, this promised land. They possess the land. And for a period of time, you would find where the people loved God and served God. Then you would find, as Ezekiel is telling the story here, this history lesson that he's telling, that the Israelites rebelled against God. They shed innocent blood. They rebelled against God and his authority. They began to worship other gods. And because of that, God brought judgment upon Israel. Israel was then scattered upon the face of the earth. And Israel was scattered from this point all the way through when they were then brought back together as a nation in 1948. There was remnants that were there. There were times of people that they were, they were Jews that lived in that land, but they were scattered throughout all the lands, all the countries, as is told here in Ezekiel. Look with me in verse number 24 of the same passage of Scripture. For I will give, I will take you from among the heathen. And this is prophecy that has been fulfilled and will gather you out of the countries and what does he say? And will bring you into your own land. Isaiah 66, 8, it says uh, of, of this happening. Go, go, with, go there with me, if you would, please, just quickly. I want to find that passage of scripture as well. Isaiah 66, 8. I want you to see this. I don't want to miss this. Isaiah 66, 8. Isaiah, the prophet he prophesies of this. He says, who hath heard such a thing? Who hath seen such a thing? Shall the earth be made to bring forth in one day or shall a nation be born at once? This is the prophecy on May 14th, 1948. In one day, Israel was reborn. Shall a nation be born at once? For as soon as Zion travailed, she brought forth her children. This is Isaiah prophesying of this time, this rebirth of Israel. This is Ezekiel telling the history of Israel. And then verse number 24 that we read is prophesying that Israel is going to be reborn. And just because God removed them from their land out of judgment, it doesn't mean they lost the title to this land. The rebirth of Israel is, is living proof that God keeps his promises. Israel 
is a covenant people. Israel lives by the mighty hand of God. Israel is reborn today because God's prophecy, God's word had proclaimed it. God had promised them this land and told them he would bring them back together in this land. And the importance of this land, the importance of Jerusalem is this. Because when the Messiah returns, when Jesus Christ returns, he is going to rule from Jerusalem. Jesus Christ is going to set up his earthly reign here for a thousand years. He's going to rule in reign from Jerusalem. Psalm 122, if you'd find your way there, Psalm 122. As I read Israel concerning Jerusalem, here David, King David writes, pray for the peace of Jerusalem. This is a command. This is not a request. This is something that each person ought to be praying for peace. But true peace is never going to come in Jerusalem until the Messiah reigns from Jerusalem. There's going to be treaties. There's going to be peace treaties, but they're going to be broken. There's going to be an antichrist that's going to come and he's going to set up his reign there for those seven years in Jerusalem. And he's going to have a fake treaty with Israel and he's going to break that treaty. They're going to pray for peace, but peace will never come. It'll never come through military might. Peace will never come through a covenant with the, uh, 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 the other nations. Uh, peace will never come with a covenant through the Antichrist. We know from God's word that peace will only come when the Messiah sets up his reign in rules from Jerusalem. But we're seeing prophecy fulfilled. There was prophecy that was given to us and that, that judgment, that, that prophecy was to Israel that if you, if you disobey God and you, you, you uh, rebel against God and you begin to worship other gods, judgment is going to come. And judgment came to Israel just like God said it would. And then prophecy said this, that God is going to gather his people back. And that prophecy was fulfilled in 1948. And then there's prophecy that is going to come. Ezekiel chapter 36, 37, and 38 tells us of this prophecy that there's going to be nations, the wars of Gog and Magog, the war of Armageddon. There's going to be battles that are going to come against Israel. And Jesus Christ is going to defend Israel. Over these last couple weeks, we've seen the defense of Israel. We've seen the Iron Dome and there's much safety that Israel has because of this Iron Dome. There's, there's nations like America that is, is blessing Israel, that's supplying Israel with the technology. But there's going to come a time that it's not going to be America that's going to stand for Israel. It's going to be a time that's not going to be other nations that are going to stand for Israel. There's coming a time where the Iron Dome is not what's going to protect Israel. There's coming a day when all the nations of the earth are going to come against Israel. And it is going to be Jesus Christ that defends Israel and defeats its enemies. And so this past couple weeks, who started this, this raging war in Israel? Well, if you were to look at the players of this in modern day, you would find it's nations like Russia, nations like Iran, 
Don't be fooled. You'll find nations like China, maybe not in the forefront of it, but you'll find uh, nations like China behind the scenes of it because China is doing everything it can to control this world. It's doing everything it can to see the demise of the United States. Russia is doing everything it can to see the demise of the United States. Iran is doing everything it can to see the demise of the United States. Because if they can get the United States out of the Middle East, they can control the Middle East. They're doing everything they can. It said of this that China just recently made a $400 billion deal with Iran for their oil. China and Russia. They work together to stop the movements of uh, America in the Middle East, and they're working together now to aggravate and to dictate terrorist people like Hamas to go against Israel. Because all of these nations seek to push America out of the Middle East. This will affect America. It'll affect America's ability to defend. This past week, we saw in the news, and I'm thankful that America said we will supply these weapons so that Israel can defend herself. Because America, when America ceases to bless Israel, God will cease to bless America. The rockets coming down on Israel's cities are paid for. They're paid for by Iran. They're purchased through Russia. And make no mistakes, Russia and Turkey and these nations north of Israel are heavily involved. Anytime you see conflict, you'll see their involvement. How do we know this? Because Bible prophecy tells us of this. And I repeat, the United States better never walk away from Israel. The day that we walk away, God will walk away from us. I want you to see in Ezekiel chapter number 38. Would you go there with me? Ezekiel chapter 38. Because the nations that are involved today are the nations that are described in Ezekiel 38 and 39. Look with me, and the, the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Son of man, set thy face against Gog, the land of Magog. He begins to prophesy, and these are places of Moscow and places in Turkey. I read an article, I saved this article, and I'm, I'm going to use it this summer as I preach a, a mess, uh, series on, on uh, end times prophecy. But this, this message, uh, this, this news article I just uh, clipped and saved is, is one that says, Turkey and Russia have come together and they've even planned to bring military might into Israel because they see this as a, a national threat to them. You say, what would Israel, what does, what does Russia and Turkey, what does Iran, what does China, what do these nations, why are they involved in Israel? And I want to say to you this, they're involved in Israel because it's prophecy being fulfilled. 
Look with me in verse number four, and I will turn thee back and put hooks into thy jaws and will bring thee forth in, in all thine army, horses and horsemen, all of them clothed with all the sorts of armor, even a great company with bucklers and shields, all of them handling swords. Persia, where's Persia today? Iran, Persia, Ethiopia, Libya with, with them, all of them with shields and helmets. Gomer and all his bands in the house of uh, Tagmora uh, of the northern quarters and all his bands and the many people with thee. Be thou prepared and prepare for thyself thou and all thy company that are assembled unto thee and be thou a guard unto them. Here we find the Bible tells us that God will put a hook in their mouth. They won't have a choice God's going to bring them into this fight because God is going to bring them in and God is going to judge these nations. Therefore, son of man, verse number 14, prophesy and say unto Gog, thus saith the Lord God, in the day when thy people of Israel dwell safely, shalt thou not know it? Thou shalt come from thy place out of the north parts, thou and many people with thee, all of them riding upon horses, a great company and a mighty army. Thou shalt come up against my people of Israel as a cloud to cover the land, and it shall be in the latter days, and I will bring thee against my land that the heathen may know me. Why is God going to do this? When I shall be sanctified in thee, O God, before their eyes. There's coming a day that these nations, the Bible is prophesying, Ezekiel is saying, when Israel is in her land, when Israel is possessing her land, when Israel is reborn in that land, well, 1948, that prophecy was fulfilled. Now we read of this judgment that's going to come upon all the nations of the earth that have forsaken God. God's going to bring them to this place. They think that they're coming to destroy Israel. They think that they're coming with their own military power. They think that they're going to defeat Israel with their own military might. But it's in that moment that God is going to come and he is going to restore his power in his kingdom here upon this place. This is important. Why is this so important? What's so important upon this, because there's prophecy as well, this prophecy that is being told is prophecy of Israel. But the Bible tells us, and Paul tells us, of this rapture of the church. And when we see all of these things coming together, church, this is going to bring in or usher in the rapture of the church. The rapture of the church is imminent. Why do we as, as, as Christians get so excited about end time prophecy? Listen to me, most of it, we're not going to see. We won't be here. And so why is it that we get excited about something that we'll never see? Oh, listen to me, it's not that we get excited about all the judgment that's going to come against this earth. There's no way that a human could see that wrath of God come upon this earth and be excited about that. The excitement comes for the church 
is because when we see these things being fulfilled, we see the Bible is true. And if the Bible is true in these prophecies, the Bible is true in all of its prophecies. If God is true in his promise with his people, then God is true in his covenant with the church. If God is true in fulfilling what he said through the prophets of, of Israel, then God is true in what he says of the prophets of when it comes to the church age. The rapture of the church is imminent. And as we see prophecy fulfilled, we know that soon the trumpet of God is going to sound and the church is going to be taken out of this earth. Oh, listen to me, when we see what's unfolding in Israel, you mark it down. Jesus is coming again. He's coming so very soon. This is all going to start with the battle for Jerusalem, the control of the Temple Mount. Israel is a special city. If there's one place that I could take our entire church, it'd be to Philadelphia to get a cheesesteak. And then from there, it would be to Jerusalem. Because I think the two go hand in hand somehow. It would be to take you to Jerusalem. Boy, it's a special place. There's something that's happening there. Jerusalem is the only place that is called the city of God. Washington, D.C. is not the city of God. It never has been, never will be. Moscow is not the city of God. It never has been, never will be. There's no other capital. There's no other city in this earth that ever has been or ever will be. Jerusalem is the city of God, the Bible says. And God has chosen Jerusalem the Bible says to put his name there. Jesus Christ is going to rule from Jerusalem. In Psalm 41 and, and, and verses one and two, the, the psalmist says, the city of God, this is the only place in all the world that is called this. Jerusalem is the city of David. Jerusalem is the place that Abraham took his, his son Isaac and placed his son on the altar that was Jerusalem. If we were to do a history lesson, we would find this, that, that some 3,000 years ago, that, that Jerusalem is the city that David fought the Jebusites for. He called it Jerusalem and became Israel's capital. It was David in the city of Jerusalem that purchased that, the threshing floor that he then uh, purchased and gave then to his son. His son then took and, 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 and built the temple Solomon's temple. The Old Testament history will tell us that same place that Abraham went to sacrifice his son is the same place that David purchased that threshing floor, is the same place that Solomon built that temple, which is the same place that a new temple is going to be raised up and built up and is going to be the same place that Jesus Christ rules this earth. This is why Jerusalem is so important. It's Jesus that said upon this rock, well, I'll build my church. The gates of hell shall not prevail against it. 
Jerusalem is the place where Jesus Christ shed his blood for the salvation of all mankind. It took place in Jerusalem. As we took communion this morning, the body that was, was beaten, the blood that was shed, all of that took place in Jerusalem. The blood of Jesus Christ was shed and through the blood, our sins were washed away. It's through the blood of Jesus that Satan is terrified. It's through the blood of Jesus Christ that you and I are forgiven. It's through the blood of Jesus Christ that you and I are sanctified. It's through the blood of Jesus Christ that you and I are justified. It's through the blood of Jesus Christ that you and I are made holy. It's through the blood of Jesus Christ that sickness and disease are healed. It's through the blood of Jesus Christ that we are born again. By his stripes we are healed. Demons fear at the mention of the, of the name of Jesus Christ. Jesus, the Bible tells us, is King of kings, and he is Lord of lords. He is wonderful. Jesus is counselor. He is mighty God. He is, the, he is the Prince of Peace. He is the Lion of Judah. He is the light of the world. He is the cornerstone. He is, he is the conqueror of death, of hell, and of the grave. He is the Lamb of God and by whose blood we're saved. It's in Jerusalem that he rose again on the third day. And it's in Jerusalem that he's going to return and reign here on this earth. In church, as we see all of these events taking place, as we see the prophecies of the word of God being fulfilled, as we see Isaiah and Ezekiel and all the things that we shared this morning, as we see, we turn the news on, we see the front page of the newspaper, the world thinks that they've got control. The world thinks they're doing their thing. What they don't understand is God's got a hook in them and he's bringing it all to place in Israel. You see, what does that have to do with Gospel Sunday? It has everything to do with Gospel Sunday. Because Jesus Christ is coming again. In church, we don't have a lot of time. It could be today. When you see the armies of the world begin to threaten Israel, the return of Jesus Christ is near. No, we rejoice, we rejoice because we know when that trump sounds, the dead in Christ are gonna rise and those that are alive and remain are gonna be caught up together with them in the clouds forever and what a joyous time that's going to be. But the world needs to hear of Jesus. Your coworkers need to hear of Jesus. Your neighbors, your friends, your family, they need to hear of Jesus. I believe that we are living in the most exciting generation ever. I believe the things, the events that are unfolding, the prophecies that are being fulfilled is so exciting. Oh, listen to me. I believe we live in a very, a very uh, perilous times. I, I'm, the, I'm the first to stand out there and, 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 and fight to lead our church and to, 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 for righteousness and to lead our church to, 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 to uh, 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 preach the gospel and, 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 and fight against sin. 
But there's coming a day when the church will no longer be here. There's coming a day that every opportunity that you do have at this moment, you won't have any longer. Whether it's a person you share an office with or a person that you work with or an employer that employs you or a neighbor that you share a neighborhood with or a family member that you share a family with, there's coming a day that you will not have the opportunity that you have at this moment. And I challenge this church, take the opportunity that you have right now to share the gospel of Jesus Christ before it's too late. Oh, we have something to rejoice in it's the rapture of the church. But when that, with this church is raptured out of this world, tribulation is coming to this world like never before. Death and destruction. God's wrath is going to be poured out upon this earth. And he has allowed us to live in the generation that is leading up to this. And Jesus said, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every living creature. Church, this is why we cannot fall asleep. Oh, listen to me, church. We cannot slumber. We cannot fall asleep. This is not the generation for us to just eat, drink, and be merry. This is a generation that we believe that our Christ is going to return. This is a generation that we've seen prophesied. It's coming to pass. And therefore, this generation, we have much before us. We must proclaim the gospel message of Jesus Christ so the world hears the message. They say some 50% of this world still has never heard the name Jesus Christ. And church, I want to challenge us. Let's do something about that. And let's start in our own Jerusalem. Let's start in Monclova. Let's start in Toledo. Let's start in Northwest Ohio. Let's start in Michigan. Let's start in our neighborhoods. Let's start in our workplaces. Let's start, let's take these Bibles. Let's take the gospel message and let's give them to a world that needs to hear of Jesus before it's too late. The writing is on the wall. Jesus is coming again. And we are commanded to occupy until he comes.